Abner Maris is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world, both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Maris, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and man he is today. They chat about topics like the state of boxing, being a husband and a girl dad, sports, music, culture, and family life. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Maris each week wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. Saturday is upon us. We are here. It is your usual Saturday crew. I am Jason Perrone, along with Mark Eckel and Paul Brettel. Mark, we always start yeah. on the East Coast, so <laughs> give us the report. How are we looking out East? Beautiful. Beautiful day. Um, matter of fact, as soon as we're done, I'm heading out to the beach. It's, it's, I mean, it's, this is on season. I mean, even for here, it's it's nicer than normal. I mean, it's it's we're almost in November now, and it's 78 sunny it's just the weather has been perfect here on down in south carolina yeah and it's out here in the phoenix area this is the time of year we kind of brag about a little bit so it's uh we finally dipped down into the lower 80s it's getting cooler at night so things are looking good things are looking good paul brettel in the dairyland state of wisconsin how are you i'm fantastic it is only 36 here however the sun (laughs) is out we haven't seen the sun in probably a week or so and I got the smoker rolling today. We got a brisket on at about 5.30 this morning. I so. saw that brisket, huh? Yep, we got that to keep us occupied what, and Big Ten football. What's ironic about you having a – and I saw you you put that on uh, Twitter this morning. Uh-huh. What's ironic about you having a brisket, that's where I – that the name of the bar that I go to to watch Packer games is called brisket. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe like there's maybe that, maybe that's a good sign. I don't know. Let's hope so. When, yeah, when the Packers aren't on regular – TV as they've been the last I haven't been there in almost a month I think because they've been what we had two two night games a bye and then the national game last week so yeah I haven't been there in a month um but yeah that, that's the bar that I go to and they they really they, they set me up they they give me my own table with the Packer game right right there for me nobody beautiful so I can take notes and everything yeah yeah <laughs> so I'll, I'll give them a little plug if you're in this if you're in Myrtle Beach North Myrtle Beach stop at brisket just don't bother me watching the game <laughs> oh, that's true. I, re- I still remember that story about the, the Week 17 Lions game and that gal that oh, kept... <laughs> oh, yeah. She kept telling me not to work. I had, I had to curse at her. <laughs> you know, Mark's a very even-tempered guy. When he's getting upset and fired up, then you know you better probably walk away for a minute. Well, he just said it one time too many, you know, because I was worried. It was a, that, that, They couldn't lose that. That, that game would have cost them a bye and everything else. And, and they're playing terrible, and the Lions are beating them, and... He's a listen. I'm a Lions fan. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm like, all right. The, the first five times I let it go. The sixth time I just told her, to, yeah, I'm effing worried. <laughs> Shut the f up. She came back. She came back to the well very many times. I actually, right. I've actually gotten to know that woman over the last year, and she's not a bad person. She's just, she's a lion. She's a, a tortured Lions fan, I guess. You know. I think that's redundant, Mark. <laughs> exactly. All right, so we've got a lot to talk about today. It's the injury report, as we always do every Saturday before the game upcoming, which is the Packers at the Houston Texans. 
And Mark joked very appropriately that it might take us the entire uh, length of our typical show just to list all the names that are on the Packers uh, injury report. So uh, starting out here, Jair Alexander is listed on the injury report, but he is going to go on Sunday. He was a full participant. He's still dealing with uh, his hand and a knee injury, but he is good to go. But then the next one listed here, and this is uh, in alphabetical order, so that's just kind of the way it goes, is left tackle David Bakhtiari, which everybody was watching very, very closely this week to see what the update was on David Bakhtiari and his chest injury. He did not practice at all this week. He is listed as doubtful. Doesn't seem like he is going to play. I could sit here and opine as to what they're going to do at left tackle. So I guess I'll just do the the lazy thing here and I'll kick it to you guys. Paul, I'll start with you. What is your ideal situation here as far as who's going to play at left tackle and then if you're going to move, you know, say, for example, and I'm not suggesting they do it, but you, if you're going to move Billy Turner around, does Rick Wagner go to right tackle? What do you, uh, Rick Wagner could play a little bit of left tackle too. Is that your replacement for David Bakhtiari, uh, assuming that he's not going to go on Sunday? So I wrote about this for Cheesehead TV on Friday, and I think the best option is Elton Jenkins. I think that with the, I mean, he plays guard, but he's got those 34-inch arms. He's got good feet. Uh, he's quick on those feet, can work in space, and uh, arguably the best part of his game is his strength. So he's going to be able to handle his bull rushes as well. I know right tackle is a bit of a different animal, and it was a small sample. Week one against Minnesota, he held his own very well. No sacks, no pressures, no penalties. And by having him at left tackle, I think that allows more continuity to the offensive line. So perhaps you could have Lucas Patrick at left guard where he's played um, – significantly over his career. He's a versatile player. Obviously, Corey Lindsley at center, if he's good to go. And then at right guard, I would put Billy Turner there. Um, he played there all of last year, very comfortable to position. And then Rick Wagner at right tackle. You know, Wagner's an experienced player, and over 5,800 of his career NFL snaps have come at the right tackle position. So I think you could make the argument that even with Turner and Wagner, Jenkins is potentially, it's based on skill, skill set and just his talent, the second best tackle on this roster behind Bakhtiari, of course. But that also allows everyone else to go back into positions that they're comfortable with. So you really only have one player along the offensive line who's, uh, I guess, displaced is the word I'd use. Yeah, and then to, you know, Mark, before I get your thoughts on it too, just to jump down the list here, Corey Lindsley is also listed on the injury report with a back issue. He's listed as questionable, but he was a full participant in practice on Friday, and and just a reminder to everybody, I'm sure everyone is aware by now, but the probable designation is gone. So if anybody's listed on the injury report, they're either going to be not given a status, meaning they will play, or they're listed as questionable. So, Mark, did you do you agree with Paul's take there, or did you have a different idea of what the Packers could potentially do there with Bakhtiari what a, what a, missing? Well, the first thing I would do is get up really early and go to church tomorrow morning <laughs> and pray. <laughs> Just pray all to spend a whole hour at church praying yes. that Bakhtiari can yes. play because without, I mean, he's to me, I mean, I always talk about Kenny Clark and how, how much they miss him. Well, Bakhtiari's, I think, is even a bigger loss. I, other than Rodgers, and maybe even more than Rodgers, he, I mean, it's right there um, as the guys they can't afford to, to, to be without. Um, I would, but I would do, I, I agree with Paul up until his last, um, proposal i would move jenkins to left tackle for all the same reasons that, that paul just just said i would move 
I would put Patrick at um, guard as well. I would, but I would leave Billy Turner at right tackle, um, and I'd play Runyon at guard. I think, or at least start that way. And if, if Runyon has come in twice and, and more than held his own, um, so I'd get him. I'd give him a shot only because I think Turner has played better at right tackle this year than he did at right guard last year. Yeah, he's he he's he's actually so, surprised pleasantly surprised me so far. Yeah. And I, that doesn't mean he's going to do that all season, but he's been good. But so far, so good. So I wouldn't mess with him there. I'd leave him at right tackle, and I'd keep Wagner, you know, in relief just in case something goes wrong. Or if Runyon can't do it, then all right, then I make the move that that Paul, you know, Paul's move of moving Turner inside and putting Wagner out there. I can't put Wagner at left tackle. No, I just that's that's the least that's the last choice I think. Okay, yeah. So I would say you know. To go along with what Paul said and Mark, you echoed it. Put your best player in the best position. Elton Jenkins has actually gotten a couple of. I mean, I should knock him for it. I mean, he's gotten a couple of holding penalties this season, um, and it, and he did because I think last season didn't he only have like one all year? He was he was really really good, but he didn't have to move around either. But he's still a, a great option, and I think yeah. I mean, if you could slide him out left and he's comfortable out there. And then, yeah, the whole prey thing. I mean, I don't think there's much chance we're going to see David Bakhtiari this week. But if it goes and extends beyond that, uh, I didn't happen to see anything throughout the week that really gave us any deeper analysis into what or how bad the injury is. But he didn't practice all week. so Well, that, I knew he wouldn't practice. I mean, why? He doesn't need to practice. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, mean they, it, they're, they're still saying they're, I mean... I mean, doubtful's bad, obviously, but I did. I have read where you know I don't know if it was quotes from him or from Lafleur or from whoever saying you know if there's any way he can play, he'll play. Well, David, yeah, David Bakhtiari is that type of guy. If you've listened to him talk and, and the things that he said and the commitment that he has to this team and he's close with Aaron Rodgers, he's out there and playing. I mean, he basically was like, look, if he has said before, if Aaron Rodgers is out there, I'm going to be out there. So right. you know, they might have to uh, you know. Give him a sedative or something to restrain him from coming out on the field on Sunday if it's not in his best interest. And as a Packers fan, I would love to have David Bakhtiari out there, but I, I also, you know, when you come when it comes to the chest and stuff like that, those those injuries can be very delicate. You know, be smart about it. So Bakhtiari listed as doubtful. Chris Barnes. I, was, I do wonder this. I wonder this. Since they have so many guys on the injury report, and they only have to put a few guys in inactive because they're all they're under the limit anyway they, I, I believe they only have did they sign burgess is is, is that official um i'm not sure paul did you see anything on that i do not know if it's official yet he might still be going through covid protocols right. and so all that i don't, don't know without him they only have 50 on the roster with him they have 51 which is still under, under the limit so they could keep bakhtiari active and as like an emergency you know what i'm saying like they don't have to put him down, if, even if he can't play, or they don't think he, you know, you keep him active just in case. Maybe I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out tomorrow, right? Because you don't have to. I mean, if they only have fifty-one, even let's say Burgess does clear and, and he's on the team, um, they only have to put like three guys down, and they and they have two guys that are out, Irvin and Lancaster. We I don't I didn't want to skip ahead, but so they really only have to put one other guy. As an in, in in inactive, and if any of these doubtful guys are can't play, there there's your third guy. Jordan Love's probably going to dress this week. 
Yeah, his first his first time. He's dressing in Houston. Yeah, um, I the, the roster's been interesting this year too because they haven't necessarily been as quick to fill some of those spots. But no. it's a strange year too because they have that uh, practice squad ability to to bring guys up. I wonder if they'll keep that even in, in um, future seasons. If that like if it's if it works well and they they let teams continue to do that in future years too, where they give oh, them like two extra spots to pull up two practice squad guys every week, I don't know. Coaches will love that. I I, I could tell you that. Which means they probably won't do it then because <laughs> it would be too it would be too uh you know too much of a give from ownership to the teams or whatever. But um yeah, Mark, you mentioned Tyler Irvin. Tyler Irvin is listed as out, still dealing with that wrist injury. Chris Barnes is listed on the injury report, but he looks like he'll play. He was limited all week, but he's not listed as questionable. That was a shoulder and a calf that he's dealing with. So Tyler Irvin being out. I'll just ask you guys real quickly. Obviously, the game was pretty ugly against Tampa last week. The offense had its issues. Aaron Rodgers did not look like himself. The defense didn't uphold their end of things either. Do you, how much of an, we talked about it last week, but Paul, we talked about Tyler Irvin and how much of an impact it might have of him not being in there in Tampa. So now then we saw them play the type of game that they did. It goes well beyond just a Tyler Irvin, but was there some, was there some fire to the smoke that maybe Tyler Irvin's a bigger part of this offense than we thought? Yeah, I mean, you definitely could make the argument that he, you know, was certainly a big missing piece last week. Uh, ben Fennel pointed out that even without him, the Packers still did use the jet sweeps and motions. There was a little less, but it was about as often as they do. However, we didn't see them hand the ball off on those jet motions as nearly as much as they do when Tyler Irvin is in there. Um, so I think, like you said, Tyler Irvin isn't what makes this offense go. That was just a stout <laughs> Buccaneers defense, linebackers defensive front, and they slowed the running game. And then once the running game was slowed, the defensive line just pinned their ears back, and Rodgers and everyone else was just flustered. Yeah, it, it was it was a tough day. It was absolutely a tough day, and Tampa's defense is legit. They've got some really good linebackers and some, some really good players. They seem to have that mojo factor. At least they did last week. I don't know. I mean, it's still early in the season. They've got a lot to accomplish before anybody anoints them anything, and they haven't won any postseason games yet, so... Uh, and I, but you know, not to take anything away, they played a, a really good game on Sunday. But so Tyler Irvin is out. Uh, Rashad Gary is listed on the injury report, but he was li- uh, limited all week. But he will play. He's not listed as questionable. He was dealing with an ankle still. Kevin King, you doubtful. Kevin you King, the guy. Kevin King is doubtful. Uh, I'm just going in order. No, so we've not. got Alexander Bakhtiari, Barnes, Irvin, Rashad Gary, Kevin King. I'm going right no, off. The- no, you're skip the guy. Who's that? Going alphabetical. Aaron Jones. <laughs> you ever hear him? Oh, Aaron Jones. Well, then this is not this is not an alphabetical order then, because there's some guys oh, I, at the well, end of the list. Okay. Well, yeah, he's, he's actually at the. Jones comes before King. Yeah, Aaron Jones is at the is actually the very last player listed on the website. Oh. Oh, so okay, it I'm is not it is not an alphabetical order at all. Okay. Well, mine was um, an alphabetical. <laughs> well, we can talk. We can talk about Jones. I mean, Jones. So Jones is listed as questionable. He had a calf injury, and that one popped up in practice. Which yes. are, those those are those always kind of annoy me. You know, I mean, you got to practice, but it just annoys me. It's like this team, and I think I'm just fatigued from looking at this list. And when those types of things happen, it's like, come on, man! Like the football gods, it's like there's already enough going on, and then you're going to throw that into the, into the mix there. So, yeah, Aaron Jones with a calf, Mark. He's listed as questionable. Obviously. Uh, he's a very key uh, part of this injury list. Yeah, and 
I'm going to tie that into Tyler Irvin. If if Jones can't go, and it's they, they said it'll be game time. So if if his quad is still tight, and you know what, the Packers are one team more than most that kind of side with caution, and that, and that's not that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, so if Jones doesn't play, that then I think the loss of Irvin is compounded because. Now you're down to, and, and don't get me wrong, I love Jamal Williams, and we'll get to see A.J. Dillon for the first time in, in a lot of snaps, but can you go into the game with just two running backs? Don't Then they would have to bring up a practice squad guy, wouldn't right. they? Yeah, they would. Dexter yeah. Williams, or, or does John love it? Would, would, I mean, he's a fullback, but would you actually consider giving him the ball? I don't know. Um, but you But you need more than two running backs. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit and Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Um, I think there's, I mean, to your point, maybe there's a good chance that he goes if they haven't made a, a move yet. To bring anybody up, or well, they would do, yeah. I think that they bring up Dexter Williams regardless. Like you said, Mark, they have the additional roster spots, right. and then there's the two uh, practice squad players you can bring up as well. But I think they'd bring him up anyways, just in, even if Jones just can go, just in case he tweaks that calf. Right. Or happens they have a third running back to rely on. Yeah, because what? God forbid if if Jones doesn't play, you have, and you have Williams and Dylan, and Dylan gets a little tweak. You know, nothing serious, but he, you know. A twisted hurts his hand on a pit, whatever. Now you got one running back. No, you can't. So you have to have, yeah, they have to do something. And I, and I guess Dexter Williams is the likely candidate, right? He's yeah. And you best. never, I've, obviously you never want to be without Aaron Jones. This offense is just completely, it's night and day when he's on the field versus when he's not. But if there's an opponent to be going up against where he may not play or may not be at 100%, it is the Texans. They're giving up the most rushing yards per game and yards per carry this season. So, And it'll give us the opportunity to see A.J. Dillon and potentially what a you know post-Aaron Jones world in Green Bay could potentially look like. Oof. Gosh, my stomach just turned a little bit hearing that. <laughs> I don't I'm well, a big I'm a big Aaron Jones fan, if you can't tell, and that so that's that's kind of well, a scary thought to me. Well, his injury now again, it's all it's not it doesn't look like it's crazy no, serious, but it's it an injury. Was very mild calf strain by Tom right. Pelissero. So, but it's still, what does it do to his value? What does it do to his long term? He you know, he's had injuries in the past as well. Um, I, I'm just saying, I don't know if. Again, and if he doesn't play and Williams and Dylan go out and combine, and again, it is Houston's run defense, which Paul pointed out is the worst in the league, but if Williams and Dylan go out and, and combine for 150-something yards and the Packers win, guess what? 
the Packers have a little bit of leverage with Aaron Jones's agent by saying, hey, listen, your guy didn't play one week. We still ran the ball for 150 yards. And, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think anytime a guy's in a contract year and he misses time, it, it's not it's not a good thing for the guy. Unless the team falls apart without him, then then the agent has leverage, obviously. But with, with or without Jones, the Packers' game plan should be the same: run the ball. Yeah, no doubt. Well, and just by default, because there's several guys that have contracts coming up, a lot of guys on this list are in contract years. Yeah. So now, Mark, I have to say, you you called me out for not going in alphabetical order, which was correct, but you <laughs> didn't. Sorry, but you didn't. No, it was that was fine. But you didn't stop me when I didn't talk about Montrevious Adams, the defensive <laughs> lineman. He would have been in the A's, in the A group. He's listed as questionable with a foot injury. Um, I know that there wasn't a lot to play for pretty early on on Sunday, but Montrevious Adams was actually one of the guys that kind of showed up a little bit this past game. Now, I'm not saying it was a breakout game. I, he is what he is. This is not any kind of a sign that he's going to turn into to anything, but... Better, better something than nothing. I don't even say late than never. He's way too late. But better something than nothing. There. No, he played well early. He really did. He he, and he he's played better this year than he has since he's come into the league. Um, he kind of wore down, I think, because he played more snaps than he's generally used to. I think he played about thirty snaps last week. Yeah, he played a lot because Lancaster got hurt. Lancaster, and again, Adams. I hate to say this, my God, I'm saying this, but they need Adams <laughs> this week because Lancaster. They do, down. yeah. For I mean, now yeah. they're down. To, they're down to Clark, Lowry, and Kiki. If, if again, they're going to have to call some. They're going to have to call Billy Wynn up. Billy Wynn. Somebody. If Adams can't go, you can't go with three defensive linemen. That's all they have, right? If, if Adams is out, they only have the three. Right. I'm not, forgetting, so. I'm not, I'm not forgetting anybody. Am I? No. Yeah, it's Clark, just, Kiki, Lowry, and Lowry. That's it. Montrevious and then Billy Wynn would be uh, uh they, they would have to bring Wynn up from the practice yep. again. Which which I don't mind. I, I kinda like Billy Wynn, but um they have to do something there. So I mean, yeah, it, this is where we've come. This is this is where we're at, where I'm saying where me where I'm saying they need Montrevious Adams this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird year. Yeah, it's been a strange it really it's been a strange season. Well, if he can give them anything close to what he gave them last week and I'm not counting on that at all. That would be a huge, that'd be a huge plus, because I think, he, I, I think his thing is he he's kind of like on a he has like a meter, you know what I'm saying, and he he has like twenty something plays in him, and then once mm-hmm. he gets past that, he's kind of it's time to he don't have much left, and I, and a lot of that is from not that's, playing more than ten snaps a game for most of his kinda, career. That's kind of like the you know the other guys on the Packers defensive line as well with Lowry, Lancaster, right. they can be fine, but in you know limited Dose, doses, limited yep. doses, right. yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, so before we got to uh, over to Jones, I started talking about Kevin King. Kevin King, Kevin King quadriceps still bothering him. He did try to practice. He practiced a couple days limited this week, but didn't go on Friday. He's listed as doubtful. King's a big piece out there. It was a it was a big loss this past week against Tampa. Uh, this week against Houston, we saw what the replacements were able to do and what they were not able to do. Josh Jackson being out there just doesn't seem to, unfortunately just does not seem to be any kind of a, of a solution, but here's another one. And I, I, I mean, we should talk about the impact to this game, which I think is going to be big uh, just because he's, he's one of their starting corners, 
But here's another perfect example, Mark, of a guy who, and Kevin King is is one of those that's been wildly debated as to whether or not he will be back with the Packers. So him missing these past couple games, you want to talk about leverage shifting from the team to the player or player to the team. This is absolutely one of those situations with King missing or likely to miss this week. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I was the guy, I, and I like Kevin King. I was the guy saying, this is a deal that should have gotten done prior to the season. And I mm-hmm. think his agent, well, again, I don't know if the Packers went to his agent or not, but if they did, King kind of owes the, I mean, I hate to say a player owes the team, but, you know, they paid him to miss a lot of games. He was still getting paid. So he could have given them a little bit of a hometown discount to stay with the Packers taking the risk of you are a guy that gets hurt a lot. Yeah, when you play, you play well, but, you know, durability is important as a, is sometimes as important as ability. So, you know, now he's hurt again. It looks like he's going to miss at least his second game, and, we, you know, it's still early in the year. Um, he's, yeah, he's costing himself some money. And I don't know. Now, if I'm the Packers, I'm looking at him like, is this a guy that we we want to spend a lot of money on? I mean, he never plays a full season. So I don't, you know, I don't want to question his, if he's hurt, he's hurt. And, you know, he probably is. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm changing my, my confidence in Kevin King being on the Packers next season based off the fact that he can't stay healthy. I was thinking about that this morning. If a player misses two games or so with a quad injury, you usually brush it off. But when that same player has only played 15 of his first 32 NFL games during those first two years, that carries a little bit extra weight with it as well. Yep. Yeah, and as so, far as so, I mean, as far okay, so Paul, stay with you here. As far as the the cornerback situation, obviously, I, I mentioned Josh Jackson last week. So, what is the plan going into this week? Then, knowing that Jackson probably isn't the answer and again sneaking ahead in the on the list here Darnell Savage is listed as doubtful he's got a quadricep injury so you don't have none you're also down a safety in that secondary yeah and they're going up against I mean Deshaun Watson I mean one of the most talented quarterback of the football that we have in the NFL so that's going to be difficult in its own right but this is a good uh, Texans receiver group Will Fuller Randall Cobb Brandon Cooks Kenny Stills and so they're going to have a tough challenge, even with King in there. But I, I still expect Jackson to see a decent amount of playing time. Maybe we get a little bit more Kadar Holman out there than we did last week. But I assume that uh, Jair is going to spend the game on Will Fuller. And Jair has been excellent these last two weeks against Calvin Ridley and uh, Mike Evans. And then in the slot, if Chandon Sullivan can try to negate uh, Randall Cobb, who's having a nice season this year, you know, that will hopefully eliminate, you know, not going to I guess it eliminates the bad word because they're talented receivers, but slow down, you know, under wraps that those two receivers. Then that leaves um, Josh Jackson with Brandon Cooks, Kenny Stills, however that gets divvied out there. But, I mean, it's going to be a tough challenge. The Texans third most passing yards per game this season. They're second in explosive plays, explosive pass plays, which are plays of 20 yards or more. And we've seen that this Packer defense, even with the talent that's back there, they're prone to giving up those big plays occasionally. So those downfield throws are going to be something to keep your eyes on as well. But I think the big key is if Sullivan can win his one-on-one matchup with Cobb and if Alexander can do the same with Fuller. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or an overbearing parent screaming words of wisdom from the stands, fewer than 1% of people will ever play professional football. 
But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Whether it be 30 years of Hall of Fame QB play in Green Bay or 30 years of quarterback torture in Chicago, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for watching football. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to come down to that too. And yeah, former Packer receiver Randall Cobb is now with the Houston Texans. And no DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins is the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, I guess we can be a little thankful for that. Thank you, Bill O'Brien, for that last uh, one of his last gifts before he departed earlier this season. But Mark, what's your thoughts? I mean, the secondary looked brutal last week. So as far as as matchups and and what they're going to do. No Kevin King out there. What are your thoughts? I, I, I can't play Jackson. I just can't. He's he, – no, I just – I've seen enough of him. He can't – he's too slow. He's. I mean, all the – I love him coming out of Iowa. I, I've said this be, before. He's not the guy – I mean, all the, the few negatives that coming out about him were that he's grabby, he uses his hands too much, um, and that he's just not that fast. Well, they've outweighed all the positives that – I like all the things that, that we, we liked about him. Um, you know, he two penalties again last week, one terrible one. Um, you know, he, he just can't, he's not a, he's not an NFL corner. He's just not, I got to play home. I do. I got to play home and give him a chance. I mean, I know he's an experience, but Hey, he's on the team. He's getting paid. It's time to mm-hmm. go out and, and earn that, that paycheck that you get every Monday. Give him a chance. I mean, the, the limited time he's played, he's done. He hasn't done anything wrong. Mm-mm. So been solid. Put him out there. Put him out there. I and you know, I was yeah. going to say, you know, what can help this Packers secondary? The pass rush. Get well, that, after the go. quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, exactly. That, that's that. That's the secondary's best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would play Holman over Jackson at this point. I might even toy with the idea of moving Sullivan outside and putting Redmond at nickel. I mean, I, I would toy with it. If, if, you know. Other than I would do that before I put Jackson back out there. Redmond's been hot and cold, but when he's yeah. he's made a couple plays, he's made, he's done a couple of good things. He's I mean I you know he's played nickel in the past, so but Sullivan he I mean I mean we're we're, we're bringing up a lot of negative things about this team this year, but he's been a very I mean he was pretty good last year and he's been very good so far. Five games yeah, he's into, backed it up in, in, into this year. He's that, that was a pretty good find. Yeah, he's been he's been good, and that's why I said when we were kind of talking about our strategies from last week. At least they have the option to consider moving him around. Doesn't mean it's going to work. But Kadar Holman, I've mentioned it several times before, was a team captain in college, so you know he's a smart player. Knowing where to be and being in the right place sometimes can mitigate any lack of speed or some of those well, other things speed. that make. Well, he has it, but when you're a later round draft pick, there's there's a reason why. Guys are taken right. later in the round, but you know sure. Holman might end up being a really good find for the Packers because, you know, if you're in the if you at least know where to go and you're not lost and you don't you know don't look like you're in no man's land out on the field, then there's something to be said there. So if he has to play, I'd be okay with that. You know, I'd, I'd I like to think. At this point. I just, that's yeah, that's that's not un- unfortunately. Yeah, I think 
all of us that were on the on the train and and you know our colleague over at Game On Wisconsin, Jacob Westendorf. You know, Josh Jackson is one of his sons, as he says, and he has very very few players that fall into that category. And even Jake is starting to wane on Josh Jackson as a pro cornerback. So it's you know it's it's unfortunate, but on we move from from that to Tyler Lancaster, and we talked about Lancaster and the defensive line and the rotation there of, of what they're going to do. Because it looks like he, well, he's out. He won't play. So Lancaster's out with a shoulder injury. Mercedes Lewis was listed on the injury report. He will play. Man, Mercedes Lewis almost had his biggest play uh, or his longest play as a Packer last week. If that ball just lands in his hands. He was wide open over the middle, so who knows uh, what would have happened there. But Mercedes Lewis should be out there, so he's not an offensive lineman, but he can block. So at least you're not losing the tight end that can block for whatever that's worth to the offensive game plan this week. It's going to be worth a lot this week. Mm -hmm. With the tackles, if backyard doesn't play like we're saying, I think you're going to see a lot of Lewis helping out whoever plays left tackle. You have to. he'll, He'll be in, yeah. So, yeah. and, that, and, he, and, he, and he's, you know, he can block. Like you said, he's a good blocker. He, that's that's what he's built his name on. Lance. That's why he's still in the league. You know what I'm saying? Hit that. I don't know how many, what year is it for him now? 27? I don't know, whatever it is. <laughs> uh, but the reason he's still in the league isn't because of his pass catching prowess or his speed. It's because he's still, he's a very good blocker. He, he's almost like a sixth lineman. Yeah, and after last week, this is a different team than Tampa, but after last week, you're going to want to give Aaron Rodgers a little bit more time than he had at, at, at times last week against Tampa. So, Mercedes Lewis is big. He'll be out there. We talked about Darnell Savage. So, Savage, he's got a quad injury, and he's listed as doubtful. He's sneaky, missed several games in his in his two years here. I, I, I He's a guy that I keep wanting to get excited about, and I keep waiting for him to make like that huge critical splash play but mark as you've said before uh, you know best of ability is availability and if you're not going to make that splash play sitting on the sidelines no he hasn't made him he hasn't made a play yet this year um he made a couple last year two interceptions two forced fumbles i think a half a dozen or so pass defense he's done he had one he has one pass defense in in five games um 271 snaps i think it was i i wrote about him last i i, I wrote the other day about how you know, when a team drafts for the future, as the Packers obviously did in 2020, taking Jordan Love, A.J. Dillon, the guys that they took, they, were, they weren't looking for guys to come in and make an impact this year, obviously. Then your 2019 class has to step up. And thus far, they, and they you know, bits and pieces here and there. But, you know, other than Jenkins, they're not really getting a whole lot from, from, from 2019. And, well, Kiki a little bit, I guess. But, um they need Savage, who was picked 21st overall. I mean, the Packers, when I think of Packers safeties, I go back Leroy Butler, should be in the Hall of Fame. And then Darren Sharper, um, Nick Collins, Morgan Bur- Burnett, you know, all playmakers, all, all guys that, that were good safeties, you know, Pro Bowl-type safeties. And Savage was drafted ahead of all of those guys, including Butler. And, you know... I hate to say it, he's starting to remind me more of Clinton Dix than, than any of those guys. Oof. Ha ha, Clinton Dix, who is not even in the league right now. Yeah, so, he, 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 But he made plays early on. You know, first couple of years, he, he looked like he was going to be good. 
And then, I'm, I'm, I'm and then he realized how, how uh, much it hurts to make tackles in the NFL, and he started making business well, savage decisions. Tackle. <laughs> savage savage tackle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Savage is good. I mean, it's a big – to me, it's a big loss for him not to be out there, even though he hasn't made that big, big play yet. He's still uh, important back there. I mean, the one thing I'll say – and, Paul, I'm, I'm, I think we've talked about it before – is that it, Raven Green being back, you know, fortunately him being back – Gives me a little bit of, of of peaceful mindset if he's if Savage is going to be out that Green is back there and Adrian Amos has has not played great this season either but at least it's it's not like you're it's not the corner situation where we're talking about Kadar and Josh Jackson versus Kevin King I mean Raven Green Darnell Savage to Raven Green is is a much smaller drop I'm sure you would probably agree with that or maybe you don't. No, I'm with you, and I think that does help. And Will Redman, like you said, he's had his ups and downs this year, uh, especially with tackling as far as the downs go. But um, we wishes as well. But, of course, they're going to miss Savage. He hasn't made those flashy, splashy plays um, like he did last year or like we expect him to, but I feel like he's been more steady. We haven't seen as you know nearly as many missed tackles or the, the bad angles to the ball carrier. Um, so I feel like he's been a little more steady this year than last, which was more, you know, very high variance, but lacking that, you know, f- splash play, as I said. But, I mean, you guys hit on the head. He's Regardless, he's going to be missed. Yeah, he will. You meant, that's actually a really good point. Sometimes the improvements come in areas where it doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but it's they had a deep ball covered or something like that, and, and it's valuable to the team in that way. You know, I mean, comparisons are always – kind of dangerous ground but I think Nick Collins to me he was drafted in 2005 if I'm not mistaken and he started showing flashes at the end of 2006 right but it 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 was it he wasn't you know great right out of the gate there but the big thing is Darnell Savage has got to get healthy he's got to get healthy to be out there and play and this team needs him and, and he's um still got a lot to offer but it looks like he's doubtful won't won't go this week and then Paul, you mentioned the pass rush. Both Preston and Zadarius Smith are listed on the injury report. Now, Zadarius will play. He was limited all week with an ankle, but he is not listed as questionable, so Zadarius will be out there. Preston Smith is listed as questionable with a shoulder. So in terms of that pass rush, you know, Zadarius has made some plays this year. He hasn't been a total zero. Now, Preston Smith has not done as much this season. Now, he's been asked to do some different things, drop back in coverage a little bit more, but I guess I'll just ask point blank, what is going on with these two guys who had, you know, twice as many pressures up to this point last year as they do this season? <laughs> I mean, that's the million dollar question. I mean, Z, he still has five sacks at least. And no, he's not playing up to last year by any means. But I guess if your standards, a hundred pressures in a season, I mean, <laughs> that's a heck of a season. Yep. So I guess we necessarily shouldn't expect him to be at that level, but he's still, I guess, behind what we had thought. And Preston Smith is just, man, his production has just fallen off. And like I said, I'm not sure what the reason is. I, I mean, I've written about it, and I know Patton's taken a lot of flack, but he could help them by sending more pressure. But it's also the defensive performance, especially these pass rushers, at some point it's on them as well. They're just not simply winning the one-on-one matchups as often as they did last year. And then in Tampa last week, Brady, being Brady, was just really good at getting the ball out of his hands quickly. So, I mean, as good as your pass rushers are, if the ball's out in under two seconds, what are you going to do? So, 
I'm hoping they need these guys to get back to, you know, maybe not the same level, but in that stratosphere that they were in last year, because that pass rush is just having a trickle down effect. The Packers have only three turnovers this year after having 25 a year ago. The red defense, they've gone from being ranked 11th to, I don't remember exactly, 25th, 6th, 7th in that range. And that all stems from the pass rush. So the Packers have a lot of other issues that are on the defense, and I think that's what's the biggest thing that's missing from the team this year. Yeah, Mark, I'm sure it's a trickle down. When you don't get the rush on the passer, then you know, it puts a lot of stress on the rest of your defense. Oh, obviously. That's, like I said earlier, that's, that's, a, that's a secondary's best friend. I mean, you think back to the great Packer teams, you know, when they had, you know, going back to the Favre years, when they when that, that front four, Reggie White and Sean Jones and Santana Dotson and Gilbert Brown. I mean, Gilbert didn't get to, to the sacks, but he tied up, you know, three guys. Um, and the Reggie and Sean Jones were just, you know, great pass rushers. And then, um, and then even, you know, take it to the next Super Bowl team, they were in a three four, but you had Clay Matthews wreaking all kind of, you know, doing all all kind of stuff. And um, yeah, you you need that. You you really need that. And uh, Preston Smith, I don't know what's going on. I, I and again, I gave him the benefit of the doubt early on that you know he really missed Kenny Clark not being out there, and he still might because Kenny Clark played last week, but you could tell he was still a little rusty as well. So I'm not going to write him off yet. I'm not going to say, you know, I know a lot of people are already are already have him cut next year to, to, to save cap money. And, hey, it, 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 that's a possibility, I guess. But um, it's, you know, he did have, you know, he had 12 sacks last year. That's a lot. And he, I don't think he'll ever get 12. I mean, 12 was a, a career year for him by, by far. Um, but, you know, he had two other years of eight with, the, with, the, with Washington. So, you know, it's not like he came out of nowhere. Um, but he has to pick it up. I mean, and like he's not even getting like sometimes and sacks sometimes are a little overrated because sometimes you do all the work and, and then the other guy cleans it up and gets the sack. But he's not even doing the work. He's not even near the quarterback. He's not even getting I haven't seen him get like, you know, he had one with he had one sack and a couple pressures. I mean, he's not even getting close. Like with his I mean, I'd like to see him do do that and maybe somebody else gets the sack. But yeah, it's I don't I don't know. I don't know if it's I'm not buying into he's dropping back more because he, he dropped back last year too. Um, he's just not getting it done. I don't know. Maybe teams are more aware of him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the like, uh, Paulson is a million dollar question. If, if we had that answer, I would apply for Mike Pettin's job. I guess. Right? Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. He's not in the he's not in the frame. So when you look at the the picture that goes on the front page of the paper, if you if you're not in the frame, you're probably not near the ball. So Preston, yeah, Preston Smith has has not gotten the same type of production this year as as they did in in years past, and so no, I'm starting to wonder too now. He he came up on the injury. He didn't he didn't come out of the game last week. I don't remember him leaving the game with a shoulder. Right. Um, maybe is this and maybe this was an ongoing issue that we weren't aware of. Maybe his shoulder has been bothering him all year, and we didn't know. And maybe that, I mean, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not trying to make excuses for him. I'm just trying to figure out how a guy went from being as good as he was last year to as less than mediocre, I'll, I'll say mediocre, as he is this year. And that so maybe it's, maybe the shoulder has been a problem that we didn't know about. For a while. Well, there have been instances where players have come out and said, you know, after missing some time or after after playing through a season where they didn't play very well, that, yeah, I was dealing with a nagging injury like right. Mark Valdez Scantling and his foot last yep. year. 
a totally different situation. You're talking about Preston Smith putting up like Pro Bowl numbers. But they need him. They need him to to step up and be really good. Now, Rashawn Gary will play this week. Gary has, has improved. He's had a better season. So, But you'd like to have all three of those guys as an option in some of those packages to, to get the pressure because a lot of the damage that Zadarius is doing is coming up the middle versus from the outside this season. So then when you've got Rashawn Gary or somebody to be able to move Zadarius around and he may have to move around a little bit this week just depending on what they're going to do defensive line-wise. You want to have these guys in the best position to succeed. So, yeah, the Smiths have to kind of pick it up a little bit and get some more pressure on the on the quarterback. Now Deshaun Watson pressuring him is, um, you know, a little bit of a different game plan than your typical quarterback, especially the, a, a Tom Brady type who just stands in the pocket and can't move. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how mobile – Deshaun Watson gets and what the what how much of the game plan that's going to be. It seems like every week it would be. Why wouldn't that be? It's kind of almost like Lamar Jackson in, in Baltimore. If you got a chance to run and make a play, go. So uh moving on, Equinemius St. Brown came back, played in his first game this past week. He had, I think, two two targets, didn't catch a ball, he did not look great in, in his return in a Packers uniform. He was limited in practice this week. He has a knee injury. But he'll play. He's not listed as questionable, so he may get a chance to catch his first ball this season. Uh, obviously, I don't think they were going to make him a huge part of the game plan with it being his first week back. But, you know, Paul, any concerns over the two plays? I think one of them was, was catchable. He didn't catch it. And I don't know if the other one was was just a throw that wasn't there. But EQ did not light it up in his return. No, and I think I know everyone's excited to see him back. I am as well, but expectations need to be tempered. I mean, he hasn't played an NFL game since 2018, and you can see in that first, there was just a mis- miscommunication uh, between him and Rodgers. So, like I said, I'm excited to have him back, but it's gonna it's gonna take some time. Yeah, Mark, did you have any th- any thoughts on EQ? I was excited to have him back as well, and and to see him get a target early, but he just wasn't able to haul it in, and and I don't think there's gonna be. It's not like Rodgers isn't going to look for him again, but it was, you know, I don't know if anything stood out to you in, in his return and just the limited action we saw him against Tampa. Well, it's like Paul said, I think they wanted to get him involved early just to get him, get his, you know, like he said, he hasn't played in forever. Get, you know, get, get him a ball early, get get hit, you know, whatever, get it out of the way more or less. And they, they miscommunicated, and you saw Rodgers kind of, you know, yell at him a little bit. And then he dropped the other one, and then he wasn't seeing the ball again after that. So um, I, think, I think he'll be out there. I mean, uh, when we get to the next guy, if he can't play, they're going to need some. I mean, if there's no Jones and, you know, there's no Lazard, obviously, you know, if Houston has half a brain, they're going to, you know, double the De, De, Devontae everywhere he goes, right? So um, somebody else has to step up, whether it's MVS or – Somebody. I mean, they got to have somebody else out there catching the ball. Or, or as Paul says, if they run the ball 65 times this week, they don't have to worry about throwing. Yeah, you know, run the, the running game. Absolutely. Pound the ball, pound the rock. So that next guy on the list that Mark alluded to is tight end Robert Tanya. An ankle injury. Didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. Did practice limited on Friday. Listed as questionable. Uh, Tanya's one, I don't know. I mean, if I had to bet, I wouldn't, I don't know what I, how I would bet here. Cause he's missed some time in the past. And as much as I'd like to think that you've got guys, you're going to put guys out there this week if they can play because you have so many other injuries. I just, I just don't know. Tanya's had a great season though. So far this, this, 
Tanya being out now versus last season is a much bigger loss than uh, than it would have been a year ago. Mark? First of all, it's Tanya. Tanya. As we've learned, as we've learned this week. Hot, oh, did I say it wrong? Said it, I said Tanya. It's Tanya. said it for three years. It's, we, always thought, we thought his name was Tanya. All of a sudden... You know, he it was he, too he, polite he, to correct anybody. So Packers that, yeah, PR had to do it. Yeah, he <laughs> said, "Oh, my name's actually Tanya." Tanya. So anyway, um, but he's still hurt either way. Um, I'm I'm kind of leaning, leaning that, thinking that he will play when a guy doesn't practice Wednesday and Thursday, but then does come back and practice a little bit Friday. The arrow's going up, it seems. So I expect him to play. How how much and how productive he'll be, we'll see. With the ankle, I mean, it, it, an ankle's going to take away a little bit of his you know, down the field speed ability, right? Um, and he finished last week too, right? Because I know he left yeah. a few plays with that he ankle, came but he back, finished. Right. Yeah. So I think they rested him, which was smart, on Wednesday and Thursday just because, again, it's why do you – he knows the offense. Like, or he should know the offense at, at, at this point. Um, you don't want to put a hurt guy out there. So let him rest up. And then, then he went out Friday. Friday's usually a light practice anyway. So you that's when you, you kind of put the – you know, you do a little walkthrough game plan kind of thing. Um, I think he'll play. I put a gun to my head. I think of, of all the guys that are listed, questionable, doubtful, I would think he's the most, he would be probable back in the old days, I think. Yeah, he's had a great season so far. I mean, he's been a huge boost to the offense. He's got a nose for the end zone this year, Paul. So do you have any theories on the elevation there? I mean, it, Jay Sternberger not doing what we thought he was going to do probably helps. So it's giving Tanya more snaps. But, man, he looks great this season so far. Yeah, him and Rodgers have formed quite the one-two punch in the red zone. And I think it's just, I mean, first off, it's just a credit to the Packers for giving him time. You know, tight, I've talked about on here before, tight end's a tough transition from college to NFL. And he was a receiver. But they gave him, you know, what was it, two, two and a half years of learning and just being patient with him to refine his skill set, his blocking, and just the and credit to him working out with George Kittle that helps and that helps in its own right and just refining his skill set and now they're they're reaping the rewards of it. I mean he's a great size, good speed, good route runner, good hands, just a solid part of this offense now. Yeah, he is. So hopefully we see him out there. It's that's that's a big connection that he has with Aaron Rodgers and and we need to get twelve. You know. He's not lacking confidence. It's one game, but would like to see him kind of return to form. If he can play the same way he did the last time they played in Houston, that would be fantastic. We've all seen a bunch of recaps of that game in 2012 when they needed a win. They got a huge win on the road. I think Houston hadn't lost a game yet that season, and they beat the Texans. And they had a pretty good season that year. That was that was the game where Aaron Rodgers told everybody, shh, after the game and the, yeah. when he was interviewed. So. <laughs> Uh, would not be the worst thing. So I guess the last guy, we, we touched on him a little bit earlier, but Corey Lindsley, the center's listed on the injury report, back uh, with a back issue. He was a full participant on Friday. You would assume that he is likely to play, but he's listed as questionable. Uh, if for some reason anything goes south with Lindsley and you have both he and David Bakhtiari out, that's going to cause some musical chairs on the offensive line that I would rather not deal with. But Mark, would you agree? I mean, no designation on Wednesday, limited on Thursday, full participation on Friday. I don't, I mean, yeah. it, it would yeah, seem would like he's going to play. Yeah, again, I mean, I'm just basing this off past, <clears throat> past experience. When, they, when when a guy starts to trend the right way, he usually, and again, they they got rid of the probable. I would think if in the old days, he, he'd have also been listed as, as probable. Um, but again, it is a back and, 
you know, backs can act up on you sometimes. So, again, I'm going to church early tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lighting candles, you know, <laughs> praying a little, praying a little harder because they got this. That's a laundry list of, of guys you have there. I mean, well, yeah, that, you. I great. mean, we're almost at 50 minutes, and we we just finished getting through the the report. Obviously, we had some some analysis to add on each guy, but that's how long. The list was this week, and then I look at Houston's list, and it's like Nobody. they've got a bunch of guys listed, but none of them. There's only two guys listed as questionable. You got Jordan Aikens, the tight end, and Peter Kalambai, the inside linebacker, is listed as questionable. But JJ Watt didn't even practice all week, and and uh, and he'll go. That's probably been the case for a while with Watt. But you know, Houston comes in relatively healthy, and you know, there's a team that needs. You know, they need to do something positive if they're going to try to even salvage. I mean, this season seems kind of lost for them already, but if they're going to try to salvage anything after Bill O'Brien leaves and and turn it around and build on something for the future, this would be kind of a big game for them to do it. Um, the one thing I'll say about the list in whole is that it's, it's no different now than it was 20, 30, 50, 100 years ago. Football is a game of attrition. It's all about your depth. It's all about the depth on the team and guys that are able to step up when... You've got guys that are hurt. This Packers team has depth in some areas that they haven't had before. Inside linebacker is suddenly a position of better strength because of guys like Chris Barnes. Ty Summers has been okay out there in the middle. Warren Burks has unfortunately not turned into what the Packers hoped that he would. But it's it's no longer this gaping hole anymore. And that's just one example of an area where you've got depth. So if the Packers are going to do something special... They're going to need guys to step up, and and I, you know, everyone wants to compare to, to 2010 when they had all those injuries, and I think that was a little bit of a of a different team. But that's just the simple fact. If, if the Packers want to build on that momentum, they're going to they're going to need to rely. They're going to need some of that depth to step up. No, I mean, yeah, you're right. Obviously, the guys have to play, but it comes down to number 12. I mean, I'm, I'll tell you a story. Um, I was, when I was covering the Eagles, I forget what year it was. It was during their, their runs when they were, you know, pretty good and getting to the NFC Championship game and all that. And there was a week, I forget who, who they were playing, but they were banged. It was a, a list like like this one uh, where, you know, five or six starters were going to be out and a couple other guys were banged up. And I, every, every Friday after practice, I would sit down with Troy Vince and we would just talk mostly off the record, but we would go over, like, he would tell me what the game plan was and stuff and this and that. And, um, and then he'd also tell me, we're going to win this week. Like, we're going to win this game. There, there's no way. I watch film of this team. They can't stop us, and we're going to be able to do this. And he, he would never tell me they're going to lose, but he would be honest and say, this one's going to be tough. They do some things that I don't know how we're going to be able to stop, and they, and they, I think they match up with us pretty, pretty well. So anyway, so we're, we're talking about this, this particular game where the Eagles were banged up, and I say to him, Man, how are you got? You know, you got five guys missing on offense. You got a couple guys banged up on defense. This is going to be tough this week, right? And he looked at me and he said, "As long as number five's playing, we're we're going to be be okay." Five was Donovan McNabb, of course. And they, the Eagles went out and won the game. And I remember him, the first thing I saw him after the game, and he, played, he called me over and said, and, "And McNabb played great that day." And um, I think I think it was against the Giants. I'm not, I'm, don't hold me to that, but. It was a. I'm pretty sure it was an NFC East game, and he. I, I never forget after the game. He, he said, "I told you, as long as we have a healthy five, doesn't matter who who else is out there." So yeah, and, and you're lucky if you're lucky if you've got a quarterback that falls into that category. I yeah. think Aaron. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I think Aaron Rodgers might <laughs> might kind of fall into that category. 
I right. would put them there. Yeah. I would put them in that category. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. As long as I mean, let, let's be honest. If 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 I told you, all right, all the guys that are doubtful and all the guys that are out and a couple of questionables aren't going to play this week, but Rogers is and he's going to be Rogers, or all these guys are going to play, even the guys that are out, they're going to you know. Reggie White's going to put that holy water on him that he put on his hands <laughs> that year. They're all going to come back and play, but Aaron isn't going to play. Right. Aaron's going to come down with a stomach virus, and he's not going to play. What would you take? Option I would take A. Playing, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So as long as I'll, – I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase Troy's quote to me from way back when. As long as 12's playing, the Packers have a chance to win. Yep, I, I totally agree. It's a long list, and it looks daunting and kind of scary, but Aaron Rodgers always gives you a, a chance. And listen, he's not going to play every week like he did last week. You know, he's had some really weird games in Tampa. Two of his three pick six have come in that building. So mm-hmm. let's just avoid that stadium if we can. Now, unfortunately... Well, that's what a Super Bowl is this year. I don't well, uh, that, that's I'd different. love to go back there again. <laughs> but that's different, though. I mean, remember all the struggles the Packers had in New Orleans, but they won you a know? Super Bowl there, you know? And, and well, it helps when you're not playing the home. For years, not not now, I mean, they own the Cowboys, but for years, Favre couldn't beat the, the Cowboys. They couldn't win exactly. in Dallas. They won a Super Bowl there. So it, well, it's... They didn't, win, they didn't win in Philly forever. Oh, yeah, that was that was... It was a long time. It was decades, wasn't it? Yes, Favre never never won in Philly. There, there was that's why I think that was part of the reason why I was so frustrated when they lost that playoff game in, in after yeah. the 2003 season because it's like exercise the 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 beat the demon already you know just get over it already it just I I never understood why Favre struggled so much in certain certain venues but yeah. that's just kind of kind of the way it goes when 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 Rodgers beat the Eagles. In Philly, I think it might have been his first game there, if I'm not mistaken. I remember did a, I did a, I did my game store, but I, I did a sidebar on, on the Packers. My 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 lead was Aaron Rodgers already has has already accomplished what Brett Favre never never did. Yeah, they, game in Philadelphia. Yeah, they won the opener and then they won the playoff game uh, in the yeah. in the same season. Uh, I mean Favre, uh, it I think they played. Well, it might have been in Green Bay, but I I think they played a game in 2006. On Monday night, but Rodgers was a, a backup at that point. That was Favre, and I think that was the right. Terrence Murphy injury game too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I, I, but I don't remember if that one was in Green Bay or if it was in Philadelphia. But yeah, it's here's, it's, here's one last interesting point I want to make before we because we're we've gone long today. Um, well, all the injuries the Packers had, right? And we went over them. The line on the game hasn't moved. It opened at three and a half, and it's still three and a half. So Vegas doesn't seem to be overly concerned with the pack. I would I would have thought that would at least drop to an even three or even two and a half maybe with all those injuries. Vegas seems to think it's still you know it's no big deal. Right. Well, that sounds good to me. Because uh, let's get back on track. I mean, it's a it's an AFC opponent, but uh, I don't want to have to go back to Tampa and play the Bucks. So win as many games as you can and make that not a make that not a factor at all. Right. So. Let's go around the horn. Well, it was to catch the Bears too. Yeah, that's the Bears true. are head, in first place right now. I still have a hard time buying into that. <laughs> so, but they're there. They're there. It's a thing for sure. They're the worst five and one team ever. Yeah. Well, thank God because I'm tired of hearing about how the Packers are the worst that, thirteen that, that and three much, team in, yeah. in history. Yeah. Right. So going around the horn, just real quick, Paul. This week at Dairyland Express, uh, I know you guys have kind of gotten into your routine with the with writing, but what do we got to look for ahead of the game on Sunday and then this week? 
Uh, Saturday today, I got my X Factors, and then Sunday I'll have my instant takeaways, and then whatever the game brings, I'll follow up with throughout the week. And Mark, I'd assume probably a lot of the same over Packer. Yep. Yeah, I do the instant analysis after the game, and like I said, my my Thursday story will hopefully be something about how the Packers are five and one and hosting the one and five Vikings next week. So um, I'm hoping I'm not running about how do you, how do you end a losing streak? <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I'll have a game recap at game on Wisconsin as well. Another great show. It was a long one, but if I've got to spend an hour on the microphone I would, wouldn't rather spend it with anybody else besides you two guys. So <laughs> that'll put a nice bow on this show. It is Packers Texans. Hopefully we're talking about a victory next week and hopefully we've got a much shorter list to go through. Uh, everybody enjoy the game. As always, stay safe and go, Pack, go. Finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team 
player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 